Welcome to the McYappin' Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And as some of you who listen to us know, we talk about movies. We talk about movie news and then we review some movies. I'll be reviewing uh, the, uh, the sequel to the very, very successful Inbetweeners film. And I'll be reviewing two mystery movies, The Maze Runner and The Signal, starring um, Lawrence Fishburne. I really like the trailer to The Signal. I've, I saw the trailers of The Maze Runner as well. It looked pretty decent. They both look pretty decent, but we'll get to them in the review yes, section. Yes, absolutely. We shall. In other news, uh, just to keep it up with the geek area of it, uh, I had some time on my hands and my girlfriend was away, so at incredibly <laughs> late notice, I went to Singapore Toys, Games and Comic Convention. I'm, can I just say that uh, for late notice, you came up with some pretty decent costumes. Yeah. <laughs> are, are these things that have been backed away from Halloween or something? I've done Shaun of the Dead before. Okay, so first of all, for the first day, I went, was very worried about this because uh, I was going with the Geeks in Malaysia podcast crew. That would be uh, Kai Bahar, Amelia Chen, and... Um, Eva. And Eva. Oh, so what about Nick? Nick? I think Nick moved to Singapore and disappeared. So Nick moved to Singapore where the con is. Yeah. And cannot be found. Yes, apparently. That's the last I heard from listening to their podcast. Actually, he, he, he seems to have disappeared. Every once in a while, like, he re-emerges and likes one of my pictures on, on Instagram. Instagram. But that's about it. Yeah. Aside from that, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, no one knows where he is. So they've been going on with other podcasts as well. So I'll probably gang up with them. Better hurry up. One. Yeah, show your face, Nick, before Alicia starts to think you got a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Guess that reference. You weren't even born, you prick. <laughs> What's his last name again? Nick what? Dorian. Nick Dorian. That's right. I knew it was something immortal. Maybe he saw his painting. <laughs> Nick Dorian Gray. This is off to a very Nick weird... Nick Dorian Kalabu saw his fucking painting. This is off to a very weird start. Now he's turned into like some beast. <laughs> no, but anyway. So yes. yeah, my costume. So for the first day, I was worried about this because uh, Kai prepared. I'd seen photos on Instagram from him preparing for it. For the record, year. Nick, you know I love you. Just yeah. talking shit. It's not me. It's the booze. Yeah. Yes. The four mouthfuls you have. Um, yeah. That'll do it. So yeah, I mean, Kai went as Barney McFly, which looked hot, but he was recovering from a cold, so apparently he kept him perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for the first day, I went as Jane from Firefly. I saw that. Yeah. Because I saw that. If it wasn't for the very un-Jane-like pose. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> I didn't... I wasn't really, you know, it's like it's like when we went when we went to San Diego Comic Con, we were very, you know, trepidatious about talking to cosplayers and all that kind of shit. And I was the same, having to put on that crap. Yeah, I didn't yeah, put it yeah. on until halfway through the day. Uh, I had the T-shirt, I had the leather bracelet, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I found the boots for cheap somewhere here in Malaysia. And, well, because uh, you had the, you already you already had the T-shirt, right? And then, yeah, we and got then, a, we got a Comic Con. Yeah, a Comic Con. Even even the. Um the, the leather the, cuff. The bracelet, the, the leather cuff, you got that at Comic-Con too. Those were authentic chain. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's just a pretty, it's just a pity that uh, Adam Baldwin's such a unrepentant fuck on Twitter these days. Is he? Yeah, he's like totally sexist and totally misogynistic and just like ramp railing on people. Jesus, saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> First time I met that guy, he scared the shit out of me. Yeah, well he does like, you know, he's one of those people with thousands of followers that when someone mentions him in a tweet, he'll retweet it, rail on them and let his followers just destroy them. <laughs> So, yeah, I found some toy guns. I got the last set of stuff in Singapore itself. I found a pair of trousers that look more appropriate and a uh, gun for the knee holster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then no one recognized, well, one guy recognized that on the, the Saturday. I know. It's kind of tricky when you're doing these, these characters that uh, are, 
or not, you know, it's, it's not like a costume costume. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, also, I remember, I remember at the time, like, I, I got, I was refused entry to that Halloween party because they didn't recognize I was dressed as Ted from Bill and Ted. Yeah, but you weren't really dressed as Bill and Ted. You just, you Dude, were being a lazy prick. No, I had the wild stallion shit. I had, he wore, he wore the vest. You didn't have, you didn't have he like. He wore shorts. Yeah, he, he didn't wear shorts. He didn't wear those shorts. He wore, he wore dark shorts. <laughs> Had to pay to get in. Yeah. Son of a bitch. You just looked like you just come off the couch. And I had the hair. Yeah. I, I had the I had the Ted hair. And you also had that vacant look on your face. Oh, hang on, wait. No, that's kind of always yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked hard at that. So, for the second one, I already had the Shaun of the Dead costume from years ago when I did it. Although, I lost the badge and the shirt was covered in blood. And so, in order to not freak out my cleaning lady in case she found it. And also, not to turn my washing machine pink, I just threw the shirt out afterwards because it was covered in blood. This, oh, it's, it's cranberry juice. It's, yeah. cran, it's cran apple. <laughs> so, uh, I just got, and this I couldn't be arsed putting, doing all the blood splatter, so I just got a pen and put some red on me. It worked. It worked very well. It worked. No, your Shaun of the Dead outfit looked pretty badass. Yeah, I did have to find the cricket bat, though, because I had put it underneath something, again, to not freak out the cleaning lady. Also, the fact that you somewhat look a little like Simon Pegg helps a lot. Well, this is the thing. For my, cos- for my cosplays... There's got to be a beard involved. I'm not shaving my beard. Why not? Because I'm not. Why not? Because the longer, the further it gets from 2001, the longer it's been since I seen my chin. I don't want to <laughs> see it anymore. We've grown apart myself and my chin, and we're happy to leave it that way. Yep. Yep. I did get a good few, uh, you know, people ask, stopping me to take so a girl dressed in uh, head to toe skin tight black latex dresses. Uh, black Widow, yeah. comic Black Widow. Yeah. Did stop me to ask for a photo with me. How'd that feel? Weird. But strangely awesome. But strangely awesome, yes. <laughs> so, that was fun. I understand that Amelia Chen sort of brought the house down a little bit with her Wonder Woman costume. Yes. Uh, it got to the point where... She's got the goods. Yeah. She's got the goods. She's, and it was a good costume. She's got more of the goods than Gal Gadot does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. You know, is that, that how you pronounce her name to this day? I, I don't know. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Wait, waiting for Gal Gadot. Could be. I don't know. Because we all are. Yeah. See if she can nail it. Yeah, no, there's photos of the, I have photos, I haven't put them on my Facebook yet, but, uh, or I might even link them from the website where it's just Amelia standing there with her hands on her hips, Wonder Woman style, and just like a wall of nerd. No, I saw, I saw that picture. <laughs> it was pretty badass. It's pretty badass. It got to the point where we wanted to leave early because they couldn't go anywhere without getting stopped. Like we weren't, we were keeping score. I think I would have come a lot lower, but there were points where people were asking her to hold my camera and stuff so they could get a photo with me, which was great for me because I'd spent the rest of the day holding her shit. Right. <laughs> but uh, worth the trip? What was it? Two days? Three days? It was two days. So obviously it's a small local con. Um, stalls and stuff wise, you know, they were up there the best known. The Hot Toys booth was pretty cool. Yep. The exclusives were uh, Hot Toys Joker. Yep. Uh, two Iron Man suits that were one of the, like, the, what was it? Party protocol or whatever, what house party protocol? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was like a weird Hulkbuster looking one, but not yeah. the Hulkbuster, and yeah. some spacey one or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, the only thing that I gave a shit about was the DeLorean. Yes. So the Hot Toys DeLorean was there with the Hot Toys Marty standing out of it with his watch, which was yeah. fucking cool. I, I had already. I mean, I've already ordered the uh, the Marty. I just gotta get onto that DeLorean. There was some cool stands selling vintage toys. Like we, Kai should have got basically a carded duck. Action figure from Back to the Future, mm-hmm. which I'd never seen before. Wow. Um, there was a Blues Brothers... But here was going to get a Blues Brothers Jake... Which is the thin one? Elwood, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was a Jake Blues Brother, but it was a doll, like, with clothes. Mm. And that was an old thing. And it was the same... It was a weird series I'd never seen before, because they also had a Delenn from Babylon 5. Like, they were horribly faded packaging, and Delenn looked pretty awful. But I was like, I've never seen that before. But was this, like, like a... Like a- 
Biff, Biff, Pao, Pang, whatever that meant. No. No. They were old. They were quite old. Like, they were old retro toys. And there was a huge stall that was 80% mask toys, packaged mask toys for $600 for the small bike with the sub, scub, the, uh, sub, sub, submarine that pops off. Yeah. Like, so they were horribly expensive. There was a Centurion toy. Centurion? I've ne- it was, I mean, it was Ray. Shit, I haven't seen that. In- if it was Ace McLeod, money down. Fuck, Centurions, money fucking down. Man. Can you even remember the name of the guy who lived on land? I can't remember shit. I, I remember Centurions. I remember color. I remember color schemes. Yes. <laughs> you remember Centurions. Yeah. Extreme, 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 extreme. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any visionaries? No, we didn't see any visionaries. Fuck. Thank God I didn't go. <laughs> but, uh, so it was Max Ray, I think his name is the water dude. So yeah, it was him. yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, God, was any Brave Star? Yes, there was a Brave Star uh, bank set. They didn't have characters to go with it. I think it was like for whatever the bad guy was to rob the bank. Genius. Yeah. So, but they were just all, all the stuff that were there. Those were kind of cool. Uh, the guests were very awesome. So we missed some of the panels on the first day, but the second day there was an artist panel, uh, which was Cameron Stewart, who's currently writing Batgirl while someone else was the artist. He's originally an, an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the Manhattan Guardian of the Seven Soldiers with Grant Morrison. Uh, he also did Sea Guy with Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, Humberto Ramos was there. Oh, wow. Uh, David Mack, who is good. David Mack seems to be there all the fucking time. But, uh, and, uh, Kelly Bender's another guy, I think he's an independent comics artist living in Australia. And their panel was all about getting into the business, how it's changed and all that kind of stuff. Right. So that was incredibly interesting. Mm. They were like, Humberto Ramos was talking about, like, originally having to fax his drawings over to, uh, Marvel. Yeah. And, like, them going missing in the middle. Yeah. Whereas, you know, now it's all scans go through and, yeah. like, and, you know, Cameron Stewart lives in Germany, Humberto Ramos lives in South America, David Max, I don't know, somewhere Chicago or something. Yeah, yeah. Like. I mean, a lot of these artists now are all over the place. I mean, mm. uh, uh, a lot of, um, you know, f- uh, Manila based artists mm. are doing a lot of work for, for Marvel and DC as well. Yeah. And they're just saying that like, when they like, actually, visiting the actual offices of Marvel and DC now is really, really disappointing because it's just a cubicle farm with a lot of editors sitting in it. Yeah, like, remember, uh, I think it was a year ago or, or two years ago, the Malaysian con, mm. where, uh, Lenil Yu from yeah. the Philippines was in, and I was interviewing him and he was saying the exact same thing as well about how, how it was at the very beginning when he first started working for Marvel as opposed to now. So it's easy. So easy. Yeah. So that was good. They had the panels going on. They had the costumes going on. They had the stalls. But it was just literally buying stuff and sitting through panels. There was a large area. Like, if you wanted to queue for stuff, it's one of the best ones to go to. Like, I was queuing for five minutes to get Cameron Stewart to sign my Manhattan Guardian number one. Um, which, that means a lot to me. I like that. Nerd! Yeah, but fuck it. <laughs> then no, at that point, I was there. I was like, yeah. that's why you go. Yeah, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't ha- it wasn't the, my original Manhattan Guardian number one because that's packed up in plastic back in Ireland. So I bought another set and got it signed anyway. Have but you got it graded? Well, will now, but it's, <laughs> it was already packaged up, so it's quality. It's great at quality, but uh, they were that easy. It's like you just wander over five o'clock in the afternoon and get whatever the hell you get sketched. You can get whatever you want. And where was it in Singapore? Uh, it was at the convention center in the Marina Bay Sands. Awesome. Now there were some things that okay, fair enough. When we went to San Diego, we didn't go to a single like fan panel or TV panel. Right? That particular trip, no, no, no. You got, but you were on the War of the Worlds one, obviously. But, but. Well, I know. I mean, like. Uh, uh, I went for the, the other two times. Like I went for the Marvel um, Motion Comics panel. Mm. Uh, I went for the the Heavy Metal panel. Uh, went for uh, yeah. That was, I mean, in terms of fan panels, that was pretty but much. They're it. still kind of more official though. Those ones, right? But there are fan panels are a part of most conventions, really. Yeah, yeah. Like they usually yeah. are like you know having some nerds talking about feminism and supernatural or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it suffered a bit from not having that because if you weren't buying stuff and you weren't at a Panel. If you weren't walking the floor, yeah, there wasn't enough else to do. 
Mm-hmm. On the second day, they had opened up a second room, which just would be full of anime cosplayers taking professional shots and some of that. And it's like that space could have really been used well if they just put a few walls up and just had Doctor Who fandom just sit here and talk amongst yourselves. There was very little Doctor Who at it. Right. I guess it's still not taking up. Well, Doctor Who, it's, you know, I mean, it's only just now catching on to the States. Hmm. Um, And, you know, it's huge in Europe. And it does have a very small but loyal following in Asia. But I think it's still catching on in Asia. But it's the same kind of thing in just like like all those little groups that would like to meet like-minded people and have a chat like that. I think that's something they could definitely do in the future that would enhance its... You know, the enjoyability of it. I think we should find out who runs this shit. Yeah. And we should offer our services. Mm, take it the fuck over. Yeah. We could do a Friday panel. I th- we could absolutely do a Friday panel. Yeah, just talking, just doing the show live. Yeah. There's, in a bar. There's so <laughs> many, there's, there's so many popular podcasts through that at video game and movie conventions in yeah, the yeah, US. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we could totally. I like, be- I like how you like sort of underline, underline popular. Yeah. Basically saying we're kind of not. We're, we're a niche. We're a niche. We're exclusive. We're very niche. Yeah. Like once every six months, someone will like tweet saying, love the podcast. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I guess we got to do another one. The guy, the guy who does the green room uh, bags, Gordon. Yeah, green yeah, room I saw bags. that shit. I, like, I yeah. tweeted that shit. I got to get a bag out of that. It's like, <laughs> cheers, Gordo. Hey. So yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fun. I'd highly recommend it again, but you know, one day could do it. Yeah. Uh, just, but again, we missed a lot of the panels and stuff, so there was that. But the, the con- costuming stuff of it for some for the first time I've done it that was a lot of fun. There was a point in the afternoon where a guy m- dressed as Groot with a tiny cuddly toy rocket with a gun sellotape to his hand, and his Groot was made out of uh, it was the first Groot we saw. But it was made out of uh, yoga mats. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and when he saw Kai dressed as Marty McFly, skateboard and all, he lost his shit. So Groot is screaming. And Kai's kind of playing along and going, Groot, Groot. And this went on for way too long. But was kind of cool also. Well, I guess I guess in that sort of situation, you've every right to go on a little too long. I mean, how often is that going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. When does that kind of cross-universe uh, crossover happen? Never. Yeah. <laughs> but then afterwards, there was a lot more Groots after that. So a lot of guys. There was a, there, We did see a little bit of the uh, costume parade, which there was no fucking way we were doing. Yeah. yeah and yeah. all the Groots needed help with the stairs. Because <laughs> they couldn't fucking see their feet. There's an awesome guy who, if you look on YouTube for STGCC Iron Giant, I don't know if you heard about this. I think he's been to some other con in the region because I'd seen video of this beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's an Iron Giant where he's standing behind the Iron Giant and essentially works like a puppet. Oh, wow. So it's about seven foot tall. Jesus. And he has uh, sticks going into the upper arms and uh, the eyes change color. And he like walks behind it. It looks like the most cumbersome thing in the world to wear to a tiny con. But when he was at the, he didn't go up on stage for the, what they call it, costume parade or whatever the fuck. He walked along the kind of pit, so you couldn't see him. You could just see the robot. And it looked cool. As it well. looked awesome. It looked cool as shit. Oh, and tiny Iron Man. So many tiny <laughs> Iron Man. There was one in a white Iron Man suit, which is I don't think I've seen. I don't know. I've even seen it in the comics. And it was amazing. They were about three foot fucking tall. Don't know what age they were. And it's like. Can that kid, like, I think his mom was, their mom was pushing them around. Could be a girl, I don't know. And, uh, I was like, can they see? Are they okay in there? Because you'd worry, like, the child's fucking locked up yeah, in this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's very, very cool. I'd highly recommend it. Sweet. But onto the rest of our show. Uh, onto the news. You got nothing, have you? No, 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 no. Remember, um, a little while back we were talking about how, uh, legendary, uh, at the comic, at Comic Con, they, mm. Legendary announced um, Skull, Skull Island. Island. Well, it turns out that um, 
Loki's taking a trip to Skull Island. Loki is taking a trip to Skull Island. See, yeah. I got some shit. Mm-hmm. Tom Hiddleston. And uh, they, originally, Legendary was trying to get Joe Cornish to direct. That's what they reported. But yeah, at the time, I remember that, right? Now it's some other guy. Now it's... Uh, Kings of Summer, is he directed that or something, The Kings right? of Summer, yeah. Joran Vogt Roberts. Which I've never heard of before. I've heard of The Kings of Summer. Is that a skateboard? That's not a skateboard movie. No. Okay. No, no, no. Is it a surfing movie? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Mm. I've just, I've heard of it. And uh, I heard that it sort of um, made a little bit of a splash at Sundance a little while back. But beyond that, I don't know too much about it. Mm. But um, this could be interesting. Yeah. This could be very interesting. I mean, do you, I, think he, do you think he's the white explorer who gets lost on Skull Island? Do you think that he might be the, the white explorer who gets lost? I, I think that might be what happens. <laughs> Because if it's just the whole show, about- I want to know why is there a fucking person in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's a, <laughs> why is there a white person in a prequel to Skull Island? Well, have you, have you seen the honest trailers? In a prequel to King Kong. Have you seen the honest trailers for Godzilla? Uh, no. They did. You seen Godzilla? Right? Yeah, I've seen Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the we, we did the podcast. Um, for the honest trailers for that, it's like from the people from you know he always does it you know from legendary pictures the people who own the rights to Pacific Rim yeah. and King Kong and Godzilla when you put them together for love of God <laughs> yep which would be cool make them fight I wouldn't mind that I, I, I never really got into the honest trailers I, I did however get really into how it should have ended uh, no oh uh everything that's wrong with whatever in so many minutes oh the movie sense yeah yeah sometimes they can be a bit no, no. I mean, they, like, they, I, they, I don't. They, they, they nitpicks to the nth degree. I don't watch. I don't watch anything that's over ten minutes. Yeah, you know? those are they're really, really yeah. hammering that shit. Yeah, but um, you know, if his his his, ver- I mean, his rant on the last Airbender. Yeah. Is hysterical. I was in pieces. It's fucking funny, and it's just like anytime like there's a hot chick and it's like you know Carly Gugino's not my wife in the scene. Ding. You know, and I that that cracks me up. Yeah. I do like the honest trailer is because it does have starring. Yeah. And then he just makes up names for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah. like Liam Neeson is just like taken or whatever. Just, you know, they, they're way funnier than what I can remember right now. I used to do that. It's kind of like, you know, whenever we would mention a film that had uh, Kristen, Stewart, uh, Kristen Stewart in it, I'd yeah. al- I would always say starring the chick from Panic Room. It's like when we watched uh, Velvet uh, Goldmine, we were like, oh, look, uh, Batman, or uh, Obi-Wan's fucking Batman. Yeah. In the ass. In the ass. <laughs> See a Loki, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, ah, I do, I do find it very interesting that now that they, there's a lot of these independent film directors that are suddenly being given these massive yeah. fucking... It, it just seems to be like, if you can handle a character drama, you can handle a special effects-laden movie that revolves around creatures that don't really exist. It's basically yeah. everyone who didn't have the internet to rail on movies in the late 80s, early 90s, or got AOL late. Yeah. They've all grown up and become Hollywood executives, and they're like... Yeah, I'm going to give Ryan Johnson Star Wars. Fuck it. Yeah. No, but that makes sense. Is, it does make sense. That in makes a, sense. Especially in a, after in a, Looper. Especially after, after Looper. Looper, yes. But, you no, know, no, even but, with Looper. No, but, but Looper proved that he doesn't, that he can handle something more than an indie budget. Yeah. And that, that he's got restraint. And he can handle Bruce Willis. It's got one of the best, it's got one of the best action sequences that doesn't have any action. That, mm-hmm. that where Bruce Willis goes and shoots up everyone in Jeff, in Jeff Daniels' place. Oh, yeah. It's like everyone, ton, Huge body count. You never see a fucking thing, but yeah. you feel it, man. Yeah. You know. And now we got fucking Gareth Edwards going from low budget fucking monsters to Godzilla to yeah. Star Wars to Godzilla Two. You got you know uh, Jurassic Worlds being directed by the f- fucking Colin Trevorrow who directed um, what's that thing he did? Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but it's some indie shit. <laughs> Captain America. T- uh, what was it? 
Captain America 2 from the creators of Community. Yes. You know, what's going on there? Yeah. This is nuts. What's going on? Guardians of the Galaxy brought to you by the guy who makes Slitter. Slitter. <laughs> and those fucking PG porn fucking things, you know? It's, the trauma movies. Yeah, what's going on? Although, did we? Yeah, I think we did in the spoiler cast all the cameos, so we covered that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you hear about um, that? what Stanley's original cameo in Guardians was going to be? He's going to be like dude in the box. He's going to be one of the collector's things. Yeah, but just as Stanley, yeah, like yeah. nothing, yeah, nothing yeah, weird, yeah, just yeah. this guy in a box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see there was a photo with the prison guard who stole. Just on, I saw it today. The prison guard who stole uh, Quill's headphones, mm-hmm. and there's a photo of him and James Gunn, and a tub of a tiny tub of Play-Doh. Apparently on set, James Gunn was handing. If you did something awesome on set, or you nailed a shot, or whatever that, you got a gift of Play-Doh because it makes James Gunn love. James Gunn loves the smell, and it makes him feel more creative. And apparently, there's an, a deleted scene where that prison guard dances around the prison to another song that's not on the soundtrack, but another awesome mix song. James Gunn and Chris Pratt are slowly turning into two of the most likable human beings on the planet. Yes. Yeah. I think Chris Pratt's already got that. Chris Pratt is just like, what the fuck, man? It's yeah. like, this guy just came out of nowhere and just charmed the pants off of everyone. Yeah. I mean, he was already a, a, a relatively known face. From, from the, Parks and Rec. From, you know, from Parks but he was and a well-known Rec. chubby face in Parks yeah, and Rec. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly the guy gets cut, starts being super charming. And people talk, start talking about him being the next Indiana Jones. Which I would watch. Yeah, I would watch the shit out of that. I would watch the shit out of that. You know, (laughs) Chris Pratt, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Chris Pratt, Shia LaBeouf. Who do you want to, you know, carry on your franchise? Yeah, Chris Pratt. I mean, fuck. Take my hat off to the guy, dude. I mean, it's like, every chick just wants this guy, and I'm fine with it. Yeah. (laughs) And Marvel seems to have got... Marvel seems to have this formula down where they can just cast motherfuckers. Turn them into huge sex symbols that women just fawn over. And every man's like, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. DC hasn't reached that stage. No. Everyone's still <laughs> cuddling like, over Ben Affleck. It's ben like, Affleck. Ben Affleck? Fuck Ben Affleck. Gal Gadot? What? <laughs> but DC have done some good casting recently, so The Rock has been humming and hawing about being in Shazam. I'm not a, I'm not a big enough Shazam fan to really give a shit. I only, like, I only know him from Kingdom Come. Yep. Where it was kind of cool there, where they thought it was... But he's not Shazam, though. He's, it's um, Billy Batson. Yeah, he just yeah. turned out to look exactly like Shazam. He'd become Shazam later on. Um, and he was kind of cool in some of the DC cartoons. Like He was in Young Justice, and they totally played up that he's a kid in a giant body angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but The Rock is finally cast as Black Adam in there, which yeah. he looks... Which he does look just like Black Adam. But now they have another problem. Who can play Shazam opposite that? Opposite The Rock. Because he would be perfect as Shazam as well. Yeah. It's like... No, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Because he has the look and, you know, he has the... He, could, he has the chops to play off a 12-year-old playing a muscle-bound 40-year-old. He does. He does. He's like, you can, you can find a 12-year-old version of The Rock, mm. but you can't find another grown man to, p- to, to play, play opposite the, the Rock. Yeah. That's... Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's tough. It's very tough. Maybe he'll play both. Speaking of large men, I was going to leave this with something else, but... Uh, uh, Patrick Warburton has managed to get the tick off the ground again. Yeah, this uh, this is uh, happened a while ago, right? Yeah, well, we haven't been on the air for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, apparently, all the sources say that Warburton himself worked out a deal with Sony Television, who owned the rights to the nine-episode series before, which is pretty funny. Yeah. It's pretty good, although... That hardly that, ever happens. <laughs> it's, again, this whole thing of, like... Things that are good keep happening. I know. I like know, the know. whole the whole shtick of a evil Hollywood executives is gonna have to go out the window soon. No, the first time I heard about uh, the Tick live action TV series coming back, 
It's just like they got to get Batman well. You know, this this is uh, this is almost this is almost as magical as like Joss Whedon announcing Fireflies coming back. Yeah, you know, it's just how, no, huh, really? Yeah, holy shit! Because so uh, the Tick was just one season, right? Yeah, it was nine episodes. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the beginning, he's uh, defending a bus station from the evils of the coffee machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do have um, all thirteen. Hmm. I do have all thirteen. Just thirteen episodes? Yeah. Okay. I think I do too. I think I might have done. You might, might, might have done, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but no, it was, I mean, Batman well on that show was great as well. The guy who was in Lost and stuff as well. He's mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. commissioner in one of the Batman movies. Uh, you know the guy? He always looks like he's wearing eyeshadow. What, Pat Hingle? No. The commissioner in one of the Batman... He was the... I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. But yeah, that's, it's, that's great news. And I'll, I mean, that was a... It's a goofy fucking show. It is very goofy. I don't. I mean, it's not because it's live action. It never goes quite as nuts as the animated series. But they also. But they. They. It's a. It's a running joke that they're out fighting. What was it? Apocalypse cow. Yeah. In this huge battle, but then they just you, you miss. You just see them at the beginning in a restaurant, and then coming back, going back to a coffee shop later on. Like yeah. that's genius, I think. Yeah. It was. Uh, you, did you see No Heroics? The no Warren Ellis one. No. S- similar thing. The superheroes off time in a bar. But yeah, Amazon are going to do pilot, and if they're doing what they're what they're doing right now is they're releasing pilots for free on uh, Amazon Fire or whatever, mm-hmm. and whichever gets the most hits, they'll think about turning it to TV shows. Keeping up with TV, there's a new image. The first image for the Powers TV show was released. Oh, I didn't see this by Sony Pictures. I didn't see this, and again because we haven't been keeping up, I didn't realize that they got Sherlock Copley to play the main male character. Yes, yes, I heard about that. He does not look like. No, I mean, What's like his the, name? Um, Christian Chris, Walker. Chris, Christian Walker. Walker, again, also kind of looks like The Rock. Yeah. Well, uh, the original casting was Jason Patrick. Yeah. Um, and they had um, uh, Lucy Punch, who I, who I fucking love, um, cast as Dina Pilgrim. Who's Lucy Punch? Lucy Punch was the, um, you know, have you seen Bad Teacher? With Cameron Diaz? Yeah. She was the, uh, the sort of like the redhead, the crazy British redhead uh, actress um, who was sort of uh, Cameron Diaz's nemesis. In, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she was also in um, another, like, U.S., short-lived US, U.S. sitcom. Well, yeah, so the Charlotte Copley, but they've also uh, gen- race-switched uh, Susan Hayward, which is fine, but they don't look like the comics, but, you know, it could go interesting. Well, I mean, I, I as long as... if Is, is Bendis still involved in it? I'm not sure. Because, I mean, I love the comic. I mean, I don't mind a little bit of race-switching with this. If they can get it off the ground, they can make it work. Um, I love Chateau, Chateau Copley. I think he's fucking awesome yeah. in everything he does. So He's green. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I'd be willing to give it a shot. Yeah. It is going to be on the PlayStation Network, though, which is one of these things where they're going to broadcast on that. Hopefully, they'll yeah. show it elsewhere yeah. afterwards. Um, but, yeah, Powers kind of went on. Well, yeah, I stopped reading Powers after, like, issue fucking... I don't know. Once it moved to Icon again and changed yeah. numbering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I stopped reading it, it was just before the image run sort of ended. Yeah, because it kind of, it seemed to run out of its ideas. Like, you know, there's this whole thing of Christian Walker was kind of like a Green Lantern thing, but he retired or whatever. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then Dina kind of accidentally got powers was trying to hide and kill her ex-boyfriend and kind of tried to hide that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That was interesting for a while, but I don't know where the fuck it went after that. And Retro yeah. Girl came back and oh, all. No, 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 me neither. I, yeah. I don't know where it went after. Like it, it started that the whole thing of what happens when the comic book reaches fifty issues. Yeah, it's impenetrable all of a sudden. Yeah, I uh, no, I, I I stopped before Retro Girl came back. Yeah. But hell, I mean those those first like 
30, 30 issues. They were fantastic. They were fantastic. That one, the, was it, is it a two-page spread with all the little tiny boxes where they're interviewing oh, yeah. all the... Jesus Christ. Interviewing that, all the villains to see who could have killed, killed Retro, Retro Girl. Jesus Christ. It took me like a week to read that shit. <laughs> you know, because, because when, when, that, when that came out, I was still in uni in London. Mm. And, and I wouldn't read comics unless I had weed. Right. So I would like get insanely stoned. Just take this massive stack, <laughs> you know, and while my nan was watching fucking, you know, EastEnders or something, I would just be, ne- you know, on the, on, the, on the settee next to her just reading all these comics. <laughs> and a lot of the time I get distracted by EastEnders. Yeah, so to- you imagine Dirty Den was one of the bad like, guy squares? I, I got I to reread shit, you know. <laughs> uh, but I remember that two-page spread. And it was amazing. Just, it was just like, it was great. Yeah. And the artist as well was excellent as well. I can't remember. He's a weird name. He's a Mike... Something Oeming, something yeah. Avon Oeming, Avon Oeming. That's yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that's right. He also did this other series called A War of Hammers, or, or ha- the, that's the Norse one, the, right? The, the, yeah, the Norse. He did another one about a samurai, which is pretty badass as well. I didn't read that one. Yeah, yeah. good guys. Yeah, old school. Yeah. He also drew Thor for a little bit. Did he? I think so. Or he did a Thor miniseries or something. I think, or maybe that's just the War of Hammers. Could be. Could be. <laughs> I'm not even sure if it's called War of Hammers. Let me check that shit out. Mm. War of... Yeah! There yeah. you go. <laughs> First uh, Google helps. War of Three Hammers? No, that's fucking World of Warcraft. Fuck that shit. Yeah, so... Yeah, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah. Moving on to trailer news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should leave this off with the amazing trailer for John Wick. You know, it's like... This 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 trailer put such a huge smile on my face. Yeah, <laughs> it's watching it the second time today. I'm like, this is, there's, there's a tone thing that I'm questioning about the tone now. I'm, because if you watch this trailer, so first of all, it's Keanu Reeves who's making incredibly interesting choices these days. He is making really weird, off the wall choices. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's tr- it's like it's. You can't not be impressed on some bizarre level, you know. But this looks fucking amazing. This looks insane. This looks like a Nicolas Cage movie made love to a Jason Statham movie. Yeah. And just ended up with some weird fucked up hybrid. But better than both those things combined. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's out for revenge because they killed his final gift from his dying wife, which is a tiny dog. Yeah. I mean, it's got B-move exploitation, boom, B-movie written all over it. Yeah. Um, And the trailer has does a really good job of walking this fine line of really absurd humor. Yeah. That's what the and line about they took the, the final gift from, that dog was the final yeah. gift from my dying wife. It's like, the first one watched it was fine. The second one was like, that's hammy as fuck. It's hammy as fuck, you know? And, and it's just this, it's like, it just, like, all, all of this absurd, dark absurdist humor coupled with insane awesome violence. Yeah, and it's just him like, straight up murdering everyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's a lot of scenes. Is like some guys steal his car, and he's like, everyone around them is like, "Do you know who you stole from?" And like, we're not scared of him. And then he just shows a shot of him like killing six guys in a room, just like the two guns with like within like, like three point five seconds. I've never seen so many people get shot in the face. Yeah, in a trailer before. <laughs> and you know, I, I guess I with guess such speed and gusto. Well, the it's 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 directed by um, uh, uh, like the guy the guys who the guy who the guys who. Uh, conceptualized and, and directed the film. Uh, I can't remember their names right now, but, uh, you know, if you want to look it up while I, th- while I talk shit. That'll no, be you're right. Uh, but they, they've, they're professional, they're a professional stunt team and they've done a lot of uh, second unit, second unit direction, direction mm. work. 
um, and they've done second unit work for uh, the Hunger Games movies, um, and quite a like some really good action films. Mm. And they were originally approached to do second unit action directing, and it was when they read the script they were like, "We want to direct this shit," yeah, yeah. and they put together a presentation oh, wow. showing the different ways they can frame the action. And because um, even just in the trailer, like it shows him shooting up some cars, and the next shot is just him standing on the bonnet, yeah, just putting the finishing touches yeah. into his work. Yeah, and um, the director, I believe, has been Keanu's Keanu Reeves' stunt double, pretty much uh, f- uh, for half of his career. Oh wow! Uh, so they've they've been working together for a long time, um, and uh, they're actually working on a. They enjoyed working on John Wick so much that they're actually working on a TV project together. It's a. Uh, hmm. um, like a mini series uh, based on 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 the on the Rain books by Barry Eisler, this um, half white, half Japanese um, hitman. Oh. Uh, that, that, that he, so Keanu Reeves is also heading. It's in his wheelhouse. It's also heading towards. Uh, he's also heading towards the small screen as well. But you've looked into this a bit. Is there? Is it based on a book or something? It's or just not. it's completely. It's, 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 it's an original property. And Did you see the poster? Yes. It's just his tie. Is yeah, like yeah, a, it's a fuse. <laughs> Don't set him off. Yeah, you know, and it's it's the kind of I've been waiting for. Keanu Reeves to make a movie like this where yeah. he just doesn't give you know his Nicolas Cage piece he's Nicolas Cage film you know and there's a bit where he's talking he says people keep asking if I'm back, back. yeah I'm, I'm thinking, thinking I'm back, back. <laughs> that's great and you hear that and even if you don't like the guy you're just I, I have to see this yeah just out of curiosity and look at the cast oh Jesus Christ Ian McShane John Linguizamo Michael Nyquist from uh, the, the the Swedish um, the girl with the dragon tattoo, tattoo Lance Reddick is it Lance Reddick Lance Reddick Lance Reddick that's a great little moment there as well he yeah. rocks up with his how's your his laundry suit how's your laundry he's like no one's that good and he's using he's using his like full on African uh, accent yeah from yeah I mean it's like you know, I sh- I showed I've shown that trailer to people who hate Keanu Reeves really and even they're like I, I want to see this. Yeah, where's the smile on face? It's 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 Keanu Reeves flirting with Nicolas Cage them. Yeah, but in a really cool way. I mean, it looks slick as hell. The only yeah, the real only, slick. The only um, thing that concerned me a little bit was that it is pretty darkly lit. Hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, that I, looked fine in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it looks badass. Yeah. And it's one of those th- you know, it's one of those things where you try and understand the appeal of this guy because he's such a unique. Actor, yeah, you know, and and I actually what after watching because I was I was completely wasted when I saw the trailer, and, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, part of this guy's appeal is because he he's the same sort of generation of actors as you know Brad Pitt, Ethan Hawke, you know, like uh, Christian Christian Slater. They're, they're sort of that you know similar sort mm. of similar sort of they came they they, they came over around the same time, yeah. Although although Keanu Reeves kind of got famous a little bit earlier because of Bill and Ted. Mm. Um, because the rest of those guys weren't trying to make those kinds of movies. Slater did some stuff when he was young. You no, know, Slater yeah. did like Heather's and Pump Up the Volume and yeah. all that. But he was Slater always kind of marketed himself as like a young Jack Nicholson. Mm. You know, and, and you know so much to the you know so much to the point where I actually saw Christian Slater on the West End play the Jack Nicholson role in the stage version of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, <laughs> you know, and he was really good. You know, he was really good. Nice. But looking back at his has, at his back catalog, and also looking at the movies he's deciding to do now, I think part of Keanu, Keanu Reeves' appeal is that he is essentially he essentially has an an, an exploitation B movie vibe as, vibe about him. And if you look at all of the movies that he's known for, they all ha- they're all B movies with studio money. Yeah, you know, Speed. 
is a B movie. Totally. With, with studio money. Point Break is a B movie with studio money. The Matrix is a B movie sci-fi yeah, drive-in movie yeah, with studio, with studio money. money. Even Bill and Ted. Yeah. You know, if you look at all... You know, Bill, I rewatched Bill and Ted pretty recently. They're pretty... They don't have that much studio money. <laughs> they didn't have that much studio money. No, no, no. The sequel had a little bit more money. A little bit more. But not that much more. And it also had Chuck Denomalous, the uh, yeah. sit-up champion of the 23rd century. That's right. <laughs> You know, so, and you and you go through his catalog, and you look at the stuff that he's now. You look at the stuff that he's choosing to make now, like Man of Tai Chi. Yeah. You know, this is the well, this is the stuff he should have already. It's it's like when okay, a bad example, but it's like when Johnny Depp fought against becoming the what you call it the the next Brad Pitt image. You know, yeah. after Twenty One Jump Street, he chose weird stuff. Yeah. The problem is now he's cheering, choosing further and further afield that it's no one's following him. But yeah. Keanu's doing it now after having done the fucking lake house and shit like that. It's like, yeah, yeah maybe I should stick with this crap. No, I tried this shit. No, no but the thing about the thing about Keanu is that he's al- he's always trying new stuff. Yeah, he's for someone with such a limited range, <laughs> he's played such a ridiculous variety of characters. It's yeah. insane. He's he's played fucking Siddhartha for fuck's sake. Yeah, you know. I mean, we can, I'm watching I'm watching Penny Dreadful at the moment, and I'm waiting to see Jonathan Harker to turn up just so I can see. How it compares to Keanu Reeves. Because that's automatically what I go to when I think now, Dracula, Jonathan Harker. Well, look, anyone, anyone will play Jonathan Harker better, better than Yeah, Keanu no, but I want to see. You know, but when Keanu Reeves is bad, he's fantastically bad. Yeah. But when he's awesome, you can't really touch him. No. You know, it's just one of those bizarre things that you can't explain. And then you watch this John Wick trailer and you just... This is every... And, 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 you know, I love to read fucking comments. And this is, this is, you get that. It's like, fuck yeah. This is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. Keanu Reeves, back in action, kicking ass. It's a Keanu Reeves ass Keanu movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait for this. Yeah. You know? uh, and I, I know, I love the fact that we don't have to wait very long for it. When is it? Next month. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, we heard nothing about this. I, I've been hearing a little bit about it. It's been getting a little bit of coverage, but mm. not much. Um, uh, there was one, I, I read, um, an, I don't know how official this is, but I read a, a test screening review that said it's it's um, it it has shades of the raid in it, mm. um, and that it's essentially you know it's essentially a you know I mean the trailer's very straightforward. Yeah, dog gets killed, motherfucker just kills, kills everyone. Yeah, you know, but apparently there's like a lot of um, I was reading an interview with the directors and they were saying that they saw this as an opportunity to really mix up the fighting style. So there's a lot of ninjutsu in there and. A lot of crazy shit. Hmm. There's a massive um, fucking punch up between Keanu and the chick, um, Adrian Palicki, whatever. Oh yeah, the one where she looks familiar, all right. Yeah, uh, she was Jane in GI Joe. Yeah. Um, huh? Retaliation. Huh? Yeah. So, and and she's also a mockingbird in. Um, and she was Wonder Woman for all of a hot second. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm pumped for it. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, again, this is a trailer came out a while ago, but it just continues to show how Nicolas Cage Nicolas Cage is. The trailer for Outcast popped up. Did you see that? No. No, you didn't see it? I was going to see it, and then after Nicolas Cage, I saw Hayden Christensen. And you closed the window, closed your laptop, closed the window, and I was the window. Like, oh, fuck that, fuck that. Yeah. It like, that, it's, 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 is it Nicolas Cage doing an English accent? Yes. So I was watching the trailer, and I'm like, oh, God. Because it's mostly, it's Nicolas Cage and Hayden Christensen doing a bit of the Crusades and, you know, innocents are getting slaughtered and they're not having that much fun with it. And then it cuts to Chinese, uh, you know, fucking... Hammer period. of the... Sorry, mm-hmm. Hammer of the Gods. Hammer of the Gods. <laughs> uh, period stuff where it's like, you know, uh, warring brothers of a family of nobles and stuff like that. And one of them happens across Hayden Christensen. He gets into some shit. He passes the fuck out or whatever. He wakes up to beardy and hairy Nicolas Cage going... How'd you find me, lad? <laughs> I 
have to watch it now. You have to watch it now. There's another part where some Asian actor says like to him, it's like, oh, you are the white, you are the one they call the white ghost. And he goes, no, I am the white ghost. <laughs> and he's got a top knot and a sword. So he's got long hair and he's just got to pull back at the top. And yeah, it looks awful. Like it, it, everything that's good about the John Wick trailer is, this is the opposite of that. But also it's Nicolas Cage with a sword again. So fuck it. I don't, I know, I don't care what anyone says. I, I love Nicolas Cage. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I just love how eccentric he is. You know, yeah. he just doesn't give a fuck. It's just a weird, how'd you find me, lad? There's this amazing uh, interview that Nicolas Cage did with Letterman when mm. he was promoting Ghost Rider 2. Uh, and it's, it's a hysterical interview. Just, he's not trying to be funny. But he's the, just the weird. audience is just laughing their asses off, even when he's doing nothing. You know, it's like just random shit that he comes up with. You know, just you know, it's like it, you know, they're um, saying about you know. Remember, remember uh, for a while on uh, in the internet, there was this whole thing where people were accusing Nicolas Cage of. Uh, it's weird because people have accused Keanu Reeves of this as well. They're accusing Nicolas Cage of being immortal. And, oh yeah, because it was the old photos. There was that old photo of him, and they think that he's John Travolta a was another one. Yeah, and, they, and they're saying that he's a vampire. Yeah. And uh, Letterman showed this picture to Nicolas Cage during yeah. during the interview. You know, and Nicolas Cage was, you know, David Letterman is like saying, "Well, people are saying that this is you, that uh, that that it looks like you." And then Nicolas Cage is, I mean, I'm not, I'm not fucking the guy from um, Big Bang, so I can't do a good impersonation. Yeah. But Nicolas Cage is like saying, yes, but it's kind of a slow down version of me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it looks like, yeah, it looks like me, but he's slowed down. <laughs> it's a photograph, it's Nick. Like, it's like, you know, last time I looked in the mirror, I saw a reflection, so I'm just not going to get on this guy's vampire theory. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> you know, and then, and then Letterman brings out a picture of him from Moonstruck. This is you, Moonstruck, 1987, like just to show that yeah, you haven't yeah, aged yeah. that much. It's like, yeah, yeah, you made that sh movie with Cher, right? Yeah, Cher, yeah. And well, what's Cher like? Oh, she's a great lady. Stay in touch? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you gotta watch the, you gotta watch the interview. I'll show it to you after this. But for those of you out there, just type in, like, Nicolas Cage Letterman. He's wearing a fucking black suit. Uh, Paul Schra um, Paul Schaefer plays Riders on the Storm as he's walking in. <laughs> and he's there to promote Ghost Rider 2. So watch that interview. It's I will hysterical. put it in the show notes. He's, uh, he also tells a very, very funny story about a time that he and Charlie Sheen were on a plane together. Oh. Yeah. The comedy, that just, it, it just, just set up writes itself. You know, I would make that, I would make that movie right now. Yeah. Nicolas Cage and Charlie Sheen on a plane together. Yeah. Actors on a plane. <laughs> just, you don't need anything else. No. Terrorists? No. Just, they're on a plane together. <laughs> There's a lot of trailers to get through, because I don't know, we're getting a lot of that. There's not an awful lot of other news. But we have our sci-fi double header. Did you see the trailer for Young Ones? Is or this the one it? with uh, Michael Shannon? Yeah. Uh, no, I did not. So it's directed by Jake Paltrow, who's Gwyneth Paltrow's younger brother. Yep. yep. Um, and it just looks like another Nick, uh, Michael Shannon is weird movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it looks like Take Shelter, but this time, instead of being afraid of storms, it's a drought. And it's a, it, it, it seems to be a, Michael Shannon hates water. Um, it's a, it's a future movie. Nicholas Holton as well. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think, uh, Elle Fanning's, Elle Fanning's in it. In yeah, it. Yeah. And the, the trailer is cut to ribbons. Like, it, the, there's, there's scenes of people getting married together and the, the, you see other scenes of the two of them arguing over not being married and all this kind of stuff. And it's all about getting water on the land. And like, drought has taken over the whole planet. It's like 24, no, it's 24 hours the other one. And it's like everything's fucked. But it looks really good. Like, just, 
Michael Shannon being fucking weird, wanting to get some fucking water for his fucking land, Nicholas Holt having some water, being kind of cool about it, but these other guys being assholes about it. And it's like, uh, what was that movie with James Dean did about oil? Giant, right? Yeah. It looks like Giant, but with water in the future. I'd watch that. I'll watch that. The other one, the other side, like, this is, that's a, that's a, like, it's a, it's a decent, hard sci-fi story. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spaceships and all that shit. It's like realistic sci-fi in a way. Yeah, yeah. Speculative fiction. The other one is what looks like, uh, iRobot should have been, which is the Automata trailer with Antonio Banderas. You saw that? No, I, I heard about this. You've been, what have you been doing? Writing, I've been, working? I've been working. <laughs> no, I heard about it. I heard about it. This looks pretty cool as well. So, it looks like they're just ripping off iRobot because the robots have protocols instead of rules. Right. Or the, was it the rules of robotics or the laws of robotics? The, the laws, laws. The laws of robotics. Yeah. So there's something about robots adapting, changing themselves. It's mm. like one does it itself, it's a problem. Two do it, it's a problem. Two do it to another one, then you have an epidemic. Yeah. Um, Dylan McDermott's in this and looks completely unrecognizable. His head shaved, he's wearing aviators the whole fucking time. He's like an enforcer kind of thing for this corporation. I am a lifelong Dylan McDermott fan. Yeah? I am. For reasons I cannot explain. I just like the guy. Which was the TV show he was in? The Practice. The Practice, yeah. Practice. Now, I remember I watched him in this movie. I think it was called Hard Hardwire or Hard Hard Drive, it might have been. And it was this really piece of shit fucking like low-budget sci-fi movie that I found very compelling. I must Hardware? Hardware, yeah, that's right. Everyone talk. I need to watch this because everyone talks about this movie as like an amazing thing. It's where they... The, they yeah, get a, yeah, a robot in the desert yeah, yeah, that yeah, she yeah, uses yeah. an air project. It's fucked up. I didn't know he was in that. He's in that. He's he's the lead in that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and and he's cool as shit. What was I watching? There was something. Have I you was... seen the campaign? He's funny as fuck in the campaign. <laughs> there was something I was. He's watching. been in so many damn things. I mean, yeah. like in the line of fire. I mean, so he's one of those actors that just is. You know, he'll work forever. Oh, in Jodorowsky's Doom, one of the guys, one of the talking heads, they interview. I think. Is Still the director of Hardware. Oh, right. Yeah. Who's this big English dude who wears, like, you know, those kind of peasant shirts with the button, the strings at the top, like old football jerseys, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, has yeah. a cowboy hat on, like a I, cowboy hat on. I can totally believe that. Yeah. I can totally believe that. There's there's a sex scene in in, in Hardware where, like, uh, there's this peeping Tom motherfucker. He's this big, fat, obese guy. Uh, you know? Hmm. Is this like this big fat obese guy that's just like sort of giving a running commentary to the sex scene, and it's it's hysterical. Hmm. I don't think he's done anything else, but yeah. It's like saying shit like, yeah, squeeze that tube. You know, it's just, what the fuck? Weird. Yeah, it's like, that's the, only line of, that's the only line of dialogue I remember from that movie. Squeeze that tube. <laughs> so anyway, Antonio Banderas is kind of like, I don't know, managing these robots, something like that. And then some of them are uh, going off on their own and doing stuff. And it's got a real nice dark sci-fi vibe to it. You know, the Earth's kind of fucked, his wife's pregnant. It's kind of Blade Runner-y looking. The robots are very, like... Obviously not a guy in a suit, but not CG either. Mm-hmm. And it just looks pretty good. Cool. Definitely check it out. And it was the, there was a new Hunger Games trailer, which just looked like war comes to the Hunger Games universe. But I'm into that, so that'd be cool. Yeah. Cool. What are the other trailers? Uh, there wasn't many other after that, really. It was the main Did you see the trailer to um, Horrible Bosses 2? No. Did you like the first one? Kinda-ish. Not really. Yeah, I mean... It's not but it's, more. It's a funny trailer. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be a funny movie. I mean, is Jennifer does... Aniston in it? Yeah. No, it's gonna be shit. Yeah, well, I'm not a huge Jennifer Aniston fan either. No, but, but as a, as a, as the concept should be, he shouldn't still be dealing with her. Like she was. That was funny in the first one. If you do it again now, it's The Hangover Three. Well, I mean, in this, in this one, they're kind of they're sort of switching the whole thing over, where these three guys actually kind of become criminals. Okay. 
So, I mean, they're not, it's not like a Home Alone 2. They're not rehashing the exact same idea. I did see this trailer. It was a while ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the new the new villains this time are, uh, you know, it's Christoph Waltz. And Chris Pine is um, Christoph Waltz's kid. And, they, and Chris Pine sort of decides to help them out. Jamie Foxx is back, you know. And Jamie Foxx is just one of those guys who's just stuck around long enough where you're like, yeah, I like Jamie Foxx, <laughs> you know. Not enough to watch Amazing Spider-Man 2. No. But, you know, still. It's pretty weird on that. Pretty weird. And also, did you see the trailer to uh, Honeymoon? No. Honeymoon, um, yeah, about this couple that go, it's, it's like, it's kind of like an Evil Dead setup where this uh, couple, they go to this sort of like, you know, this lake house type of thing. The, uh, the chick is the uh, Jon Snow's girlfriend from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Like, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Oh, so you're caught, you're caught up now, right? Uh, I haven't seen season four. <laughs> <laughs> but they were already to, they were already together, and then they split up. Did they get back together in season four? Don't fucking tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> it's amazing how spoiler-free I've managed to stay. Anyone, anytime anyone, like, brings up, like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, I love Game of Thrones, I leave, I leave the fucking room. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. I don't want to hear a fucking word. Yeah. Hurry the fuck up and watch it, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I But yeah, Honeymoon is good. It looks, it looks so intense. So they, they go on honeymoon and then what? It looks intense. I mean, no, like, they go on honeymoon and there's this, some fucked up shit that's, that's there. I mean, I, I don't know, it's like, it's, I don't know whether it's the ghost of some other thing or she's possessed by something. I mean, the, tra- the trailer does a, a pretty good job of not letting too much out of the back. So mm-hmm. you don't really know exactly what's going on. You just know that these two go- you, you just know these, this couple go there on honeymoon and fucked up shit starts to happen. Hmm. So is it like Antichrist? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Have you seen Antichrist? No, I have not. Yeah, you're right. yeah. I keep meaning to watch it at some point. It's like, you know. You need to be in a certain mood to watch Lars Ventura movies. You, you need to be in a certain mood to watch Willem Dafoe have sex. Yeah. There was another trailer, which is just weird. It's called Extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's, it's it looks like a very standard horror movie type aliens are coming and all that But it gets to like, oh, you see them on the abducted ship yeah. straight away. Yeah. And then Michael Ironside turns up as a... There is telling. Yeah, that's what it's like. What telling, telling people that like you know, the the aliens since Roswell, the aliens and the humans have a thing, a, a, an agreement, and the, the one rule is, in his awesome voice, do not engage. Anytime Tyler from V shows up, money in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if he's wearing his leather jacket. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, his leather blazer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mark Singer's le- denim jacket was pretty good. But it wasn't all that good. It wasn't Michael Lanzer. No, no, not the same. Speaking of Mark Singer, his name popped up at dinner the other night. I was, <laughs> I was uh, at dinner with uh, Leon and a few, a couple of other people, and uh, Leon's a Dragon Slate partner. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, and they were talking about how this guy, um, who is it, like Daniel Radcliffe, um, had uh, wanted wanted to play Robin in the Batman movies and you know and uh, Leon got his filmmakers mixed up and he's like yeah apparently Daniel Radcliffe uh, wrote to Mark Singer and uh, asked him if he, I was like Mark Singer you mean Dar has the uh, has the power to get shit made these and days? not Brian Singer <laughs> well even if he said Brian Singer he'd still be getting the filmmakers wrong yeah so I'm like yeah caught well Gil Bellows is in the extra trustee as well it's just like a, this is weird like yeah this looks like a low budget thing and everything but the, the, the trailer kind of goes like a decent looking horror movie mm-hmm. until the end point where it's the probe by view shooting towards someone's ass. No one can take that shit seriously. Yeah. And it looks like a serious movie up until that point. Right. Weird. From a more out art house point of view, uh, there was the trailer for Bird People. Bird People? Yeah. This is the year of the birds, is it? Yep. Uh, which is uh, starring Josh Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's Josh Charles? Josh Charles, he's... Um, 
He's Will Gardner from The Good Wife. Um, I watched The Good Wife. You should. It's fucking awesome. I hear that, but mm. you know, no, no. I fought it for years. <laughs> I fought it for years. Like I'm not watching The Good Wife. And while I was, you know, like in seclusion in Singapore, I started watching The Good Wife, and I was, I got hooked. <laughs> I got completely hooked. You know, I, I felt like, you know, uh, that the Indian dude from The Big Bang Theory. There's like uh, this one episode where. Uh, uh, Kuchapali is that his name? Kuchapali, where he's just watching. He's you know like people are doing other shit, and he's on the laptop, and suddenly he comes in with the good wife is crying. <laughs> Something is wrong. <laughs> and I hadn't started watching the good wife at that point, and I yeah. was like fag, you know. But I started watching the good wife, and it's fucking awesome. And he's awesome in it. Josh Charles is awesome in it. I heard it, but I just don't watch it. But um, but I know him, and you'll know him from films like Dead Poet Society. Um, the Aaron Sorkin series, uh, Sports Night, uh, and also, uh, films like Threesome. You know, he's been around for a very long time. Hmm. Um, and this movie looks really cool. It's about a guy who, you know, a corporate guy who just... You know, I mean, it's that it's that cliched story of the corporate guy who just decides to... He's had enough with everyday life and just abandons everything and then fucks off to Paris. Oh. You know, but it does... It doesn't... It doesn't look like a hip indie film. It actually looks fairly experimental. And... Yeah, it looks pretty interesting. Cool. Bird people. And then there's the new uh, Robert Downey Jr., Robert Duvall film, The Judge. I heard something about that. Um, this looks, I mean, this trailer looks all over the place. It looks like you can't decide if it's a comedy or a, or, or a drama. Yeah. And the reviews coming out of the Toronto Film Festival like confirm, the, confirm that. They're like, I think I overheard this in some interview with, some Nerdist interview. With some, oh, it was with um, John Favreau. Yeah, so like you know, he's got his own stuff going on, like the judge. But is is he a big? Is he just a lead, the lead actor in that, or is he producing or something? Uh, John Favreau. No, um, Robert Downey Jr. He's he's uh, acting in it and he's producing it. It's the first film to come out of his production company, Team Downey, uh, that's run by him and his wife. Mm. Um, and you know, it looks like it looks like a very well-meaning, sincere film, mm. uh, but it just looks like tonally it has issues. Uh, be- because you can see from the trailer that there are some hardcore um, emotional scenes mm. between him and Robert Duvall. And also uh, Vera Farmiga's in it, Vincent D'Onofrio's in it, who I love. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's got a solid cast. Um, but it's, dir- it's directed by David Dobkin, who directed The Wedding Crashers. Mm. And the, I haven't read many reviews, I've only read two. And they say that the, the, the movie's big problem is tonally it, it's all over the place. Um, you know, it's like, it just cannot make up its mind. We've been saying it for years. You gotta nail that tone. Yep. You gotta stick a tone. There you go. It's like that amazing, uh, fucking reader, like listener question we got. It's like, when did you know that you, that, that you could make films? And we were like, well, we started talking like we knew how to make films. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the time that I knew that it was like when I saw this movie and I, then I realized I know how to make this better. Yeah. You know, when, Neither one of us had done shit. When I realized you know, I was a massive dickhead. My film hadn't come out yet. It wasn't even anywhere near post. Yeah. It was... <laughs> I don't think it was before that. Even. After making my first film, I'm like, you know what? I don't know shit. Mm. I don't know shit. That's not entirely true, but... That needs to go on a t-shirt. Yeah. I don't know shit. No, just after making my first film, dot, 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 and you can Velcro on different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should just be in the... You know, like, one thing in the front, one thing in the back. Yeah. After I made my first film, I realized dot, dot, dot. I love my wife. I don't, I don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can get one for every day of the week. <sighs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, those are about all the trailers that I checked out. 
Yeah, I mean, there wasn't an awful... I mean, there was a synopsis for the Avengers 2, which is... Which I did not read it, and I did not... I think we might have to declare a moratorium on Star Wars news. There's a whole lot of bullshit going out there that I'm just not right, even looking right, at. Right now, it's all just fucking hot air. Yeah. I mean, like, come on, man. Let them there's some, there's some There's some drone photos of half a Millennium Falcon and some X-Wings, and that looks cool, and I'm going to leave it at that. Let them finish shooting, at least. Let them fight. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll move on to emails, then. Sure. So, we have an email. This is one we missed for the last week. Uh... So, this is from Harris. Uh, Harris says, Hey guys, who'd win in a cage fight? And there are five matches here. Jesus. One, Joe Manganiello versus Mark Wahlberg. Who's Joe Manganiello? Joe Manganiello is the guy from Sabotage. He's from True Blood. Uh, he's also from How I Met Your Mother. Do you ever watch that? Mm. He's like the really hunky lawyer. He's really funny. In is that. he the red-haired guy? Uh, no, no, no. No, he's, he's a guest star in that. He's... he's uh, who is it? Him and Mark, Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. Hey, kids. Hey, kids. I'm going to get in a cage fight. Let's go talk to some animals. Yeah. Say hi to your mother for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the go-to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Wild Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Although... You know, but, but, but Joe Maniello's fucking... He, he looks ripped. I mean, he's, in Sabotage, he's got the cornrows, right? He's cut, yeah, yeah. Like he's, I'm just looking at the photos. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at a photo of Stanley like this. It's like, it's basically the cover to Men's Health with yeah, no yeah. logos on it. No, so, no, yeah. he's, he's cut as fuck. Yeah. He's more cut than Mark Wahlberg. Okay, maybe Mark we'll, Wahlberg's a bit bulkier. We can give it to Joe. Yeah, let's give it to Joe. Number Mark, two. Mark Wahlberg's been winning too much lately. Yeah. Number two, Tobey Maguire versus Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm J- Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Whoa. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Why did we both do that? Fuck that bug-eyed motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he looks sticky. Yeah. He just looks like he needs like a warm blanket. You know, he he just looks like he gives really really wet kisses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if, like if you imagine those disgusting kisses where it's just it, it's like the kind of kisses you give when you're 13 and. And you don't know how what to... What is a spittle trail? Yeah, all the spit. Yeah, Tobey Maguire looks like that It's like alien slime. He looks like that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal's cool. He's cool, I reckon. Jake Gyllenhaal. Dude, I mean, Donnie Darko. That's it. Yeah. What the fuck are you That's gonna... a get-out-of-jail-free card for at least, Travel at least the next 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Terrence Stamp versus Martin Sheen. Terrence Stamp. I'd go with Terrence Stamp, but Martin Sheen's got crazy on his side. No, 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 Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp. You tell them I'm coming. You tell him I'm fucking coming. coming. He'll just get Martin Sheet in there before it's off. If, if, if this was like an intellectual de- presidential debate, Martin Sheen. If you're talking... Uh, Sorry, a, I was thinking Charlie Sheen for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no Martin Sheen's the age too old for this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, no. Terrence Stamp, he's wearing Terrence Stamp, kick the fuck out of you. Yeah. It's Zod. It's Zod for it's fuck's Zod sake. It's Zod for fuck's sake. He will keep the shit out of you and make you thankful for it. It's like Zod versus President Bartlett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, fuck that. Yeah. See how Bartle does without his army. Number three, Cameron Diaz versus Eva Mendez. Eva Mendez. Eva Mendez. She's got. Eva Cameron Mendes. Diaz doesn't have the muscle mass yeah, to she's got fight that, back. Yeah, she's got that fucking fiery Latino spiritual, you know. Yeah. One of them was in the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, Lily Collins versus Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts is who again? Emma, Emma Roberts is. Uh, uh, she's Julia Roberts' niece. She's Eric Roberts' do- daughter. You're not helping me. Uh, she was in, um, she's in Palo Alto. She's in Celeste and, Je- uh, Celeste and Jesse Forever. She's, um... Oh, well, she's in Aquamarine, Wild Child, The Art of Getting... Bu- we're the Emma, Emma Roberts was, was, was arrested for beating up a boyfriend. Emma Roberts will kick Lily Collins' ass. Lily Collins is Phil Collins' daughter. But no, she's the, she's the awesome pair of eyebrows. They're yeah. very antagonistic, those eyebrows. That's true, that's true. I still, I still go with Emma Roberts. Mm. There's a great, um, you know, Peter Capaldi's fantastic. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a great line in the new Doctor Who where he regenerates. 
And, you know, every time he regenerates, he turns into a new person. And it takes him a while to get used to it. Yeah. And when he's getting used to this new Scottish body, he's having trouble with people not understanding him. Because he's, I'm Scottish now. Yeah. And also, he keeps talking about, what's up with these fucking eyebrows? They look like they want to start fights with people. <laughs> Which is brilliant. So, yeah, Emma Roberts. And finally, the match of the evening, the title fight. Jessica Lang versus Goldie Hawn. Oh, shit. This is a... Goldie Hawn. Jessica Lang. Goldie Hawn. Jessica Lang. She's got chops, motherfucker. Goldie Hawn has been dealing with fucking Jack Burton and Snake Pliskin <laughs> for, for fucking decades. With Jessica Lang. I don't know. It's tough. Jessica Lang did did subdue King Kong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm changing my vote. Jessica Lang. I'm telling you. you gotta agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Private Benjamin, don't stand a chance. Next time someone asks us why we do a podcast, just say, because we agree on matchups between actors in a cage match. There you go, there you go. Thank you, Harris. Mm. Uh, from Twitter then, Wayne Rewrites, who is the author I met last week at yep, yep. Comic-Con, said, if Jane and Sean got into a fight, who would win? So obviously Jane from Firewalk, Firefly, and Sean from Shaun of the Dead. And I'd have to say it would instantly go to Jane, because yeah, you just shoot Sean in the fucking yeah, face. Have to, you know, well, Sean wouldn't even want to fight. No. You, know, you just want to go to the pub yeah, and have some crisps. You just want to go to the Winchester and have some crisps, yeah. you know, um, and probably fucking sit down and cry over his fucking drink. Hmm. So, uh, fuck this shit. Yes, please, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Jane, all the way. All the way. I mean, he's going to. I mean, he barely resists the urge to shoot his crewmates in most of the TV show. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a no brainer. Kind of a no brainer. Kind of a no brainer. Did, did he get the idea for that because you were dressed up as both of those motherfuckers? Yes. Yeah, all right. In joke, inside baseball. Thank you for the question. Thank you for the question, yes. Um, time for reviews? Yep. All right, so. I'll start. I'll start. Because you, <laughs> you, you only got one. You're in the middle, bitch. Yeah, all right, okay. Okay, so we'll start with the signal. All right. So, I mean, both movies have a theme this week, which is that, you know, what the fuck is going on? So, uh, the signal. It's a quite a. It's quite a, a good. What the fuck's going on movie in that it doesn't sell its ideas straight away up the fr- up front. So basically, we've got three characters, uh, two guy friend, two guy, a guy and his girlfriend and the guy's friend from MIT. They're driving cross country to drop off, uh, the guy's girlfriend to, uh, California where MIT's Boston, right? Yeah, Massachusetts. Drop his girlfriend off at California. There's a lot of them just hanging out in the car for the first half hour of the movie. Uh, it, it, it seems to be very navel-gazy indie movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole lot of, like, him and his girlfriend talking about what's going to happen mm-hmm. while she's away for a semester for her college bit and he's back in MIT. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of shot in that same kind of, you know, that kind of navel-gazy style. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, like, them hanging out with the Grand Canyon kind of things and talking about shit and all this kind of crap. And as it goes on, uh, his friend basically comes up with, they've been, apparently they've been hassled by a hacker. In MIT, he's been fucking with them. And he fucks with them again by grabbing control of the girlfriend's laptop. Right. And the camera comes on and you can see, like, I know exactly where you are, you fuckers. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck. They manage to trace him back to the house that's on their route to California. So they drive there. And then this kind of road trip movie turns into the Blair Witch for 30 seconds, for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Where basically some things happen that, like, you know, the tone of the movie has been set here. And then all of a sudden, like all the weird bit, the weirdest bits in the Blair Witch, you're like, what, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a few scenes of that. Someone goes flying through the air. It's all fucked up. It doesn't last very long. Right. And we cut to, um, Nick Haley and Jonah 
in some government research, government facility where everyone's wearing biohazard suits all of a sudden. Yeah. And the only person they get to talk to is uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Who's playing Damon. Yeah. You've seen the bits of the trailer? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they keep asking them, like, when did you first hear the signal? Right. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. And why can't he feel his legs? And where are his friends? And where's his girlfriend? And, like, why can't they get out of here? And what's going on? And there's all these questions to be answered. And can he really hear his friend, Jonah, through the air vents? Or is that in his head? Is the whole thing a psychological experiment? Is the whole thing aliens? What the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. It's quite involving. Up until the final... There's a, there's a reveal which tells you what's going on. I mean, you, you watch these things now. We've, seen, we've all seen Lost. Yeah. Your mind starts putting together ideas yeah. already. It's UFOs, it's God, it's aliens, it's limbo, whatever. Yeah. There's a couple of things happen early, relatively early on that kind of show you which path they're going down. Um, and they go down that path a little bit. And there's an incredibly cool, out of nowhere slow-mo action scene with a truck and some shit going on. It's all very cool and awesome, considering I'm sure this had no budget. But it totally stuffs the landing. The reveal itself isn't bad, mm-hmm. but when they do, like it is, it's literally a Twilight Zone episode. Or I'd rather say it's an Outer Limits episode and that it's not quite as good as a good Outer Limits episode. It's maybe as good as a mediocre Outer Limits episode. That seems to be like the huge thing with, with sci-fi and horror is that people, most people seem to have nailed the build-up. Yeah. They just... The reveal is always hard. Yeah. And if you can't nail your reveal, don't fucking do it. So when it's revealed, and I mean, the reveal itself could have been handled a lot better in a way that could have set up a sequel, aka along the lines of The Purge Anarchy, which seems to have expanded on that concept in the first one in a much greater way. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's just, it's like, uh, and... <laughs> You know, maybe six six year olds haven't seen this shit yet, but everyone else has. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it comes off as like you really need to do better these days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, there's a gremlin on the wing. We all know that. Lost guys were in limbo till they changed the plot. Let me think. Any other spoilers I can run through? Um, <laughs> it's a cookbook. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the <laughs> 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 serve man. You know, there are, these are, this isn't just being old. This is just being, there are ideas that even if people haven't seen the movies, they're out there already. Yeah. So, again, I don't want to spoil it in case you do want to watch it. And it's kind it's kind of interesting, but it does, it just spoils that ending so much. It really annoyed me. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck you. Like, because, I mean, they used to. It's been, so a, while. Well. It's been they, a while since a movie's made either one of us go, like, fuck you. Yeah, no, because. The last one for me was, like, After Earth. I, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's like wanna. sci-fi. Something about sci-fi that just makes you want to, you know. Because it depends. It depends. It, it, it they don't. If they don't, you got to stand on sci-fi movies. You got to stand the shoulders of giants. Yeah. If you want to have something, the Matrix couldn't have happened without you know William Gibson and fucking all that kind of crap and all the kung fu movies and all that shit that came beforehand. Yeah. And they they did. They took what was there and moved it up. Yeah. If you don't do your fucking research, and they, even this could have been a good idea, but they 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 they, they, they pussy out with some bad CGI. Yeah. And it's bad CGI. And it's kind of like, it's supposed to be like, ooh, look at this. But it comes across as like, eh, you know. So it left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Um, it's probably why it's getting a very, very limited release. So I wouldn't recommend it. Not even for a rental? For a rental, maybe, yeah. I mean, as I said, there's some stuff in there that looks like it. the director could have some future and other things. Like the the, the relationships of the beginning is nailed. Uh, there's, As I said, there's that one action scene that comes off really, really well. Some of the way he handles... There's certain scenes in it that come across slightly like things in Chronicle. 
right, right. That right, showed right. like that. That was like, yeah, I can tell this is re- this is a bad effect, but the guy's got vision. Mm-hmm. It's just that that was slightly undercut by the fact that his vision failed him utterly at the ending mm-hmm. because it wasn't a, a, a wow image that finished the movie. Okay, literally, it, the, the the whole reveal is based on a single image. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a pullback. Right, doesn't fail to black, but uh, that reveal image is weak. Whereas if it had been done so much, if it had just you know gotten a decent artist or done a second draft maybe or something like that, it would have. You need to wow someone at that point, and it wasn't wowed at all. It's like, oh, it's, oh, that's the story you're telling. Yeah. Oh, I've heard that a million times before. Right, 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 right. So, okay. Well, uh, I watched the uh, the Inbetweeners two. Oh yes. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with this, get familiar with it. There's three very very funny series. Um, the the TV series was all about them in school, in secondary school. So it's four kids. It's four kids. The nerd, Will. the good-looking guy who's terrible, who doesn't realize he's a good-looking guy. The tall guy who's gay is dad. Yeah. His dad is gay. Dad is gay. And the, the asshole. The asshole, Jay. And then the complete nerd, uh, Will. Yeah. Um, Simon's the good-looking guy who doesn't know he's good-looking. Yeah. Um, the nervy good-looking guy. Yeah, the nervy good-looking guy. Uh, and for all the things that have done those tropes before, they did it in such a great way because they're yeah. filthy, but also true. Yeah, exactly right. They are, they are the, the, yeah, I mean, like, they're just filthy Bill and Ted. They're the, no, they're, they're the quintessential teens. Yes, they are. They are, they are. You may um, not have done all the shit they've done. But you've done some, some version of, of yeah. what they've done. Um, the, I mean, the TV series was all about them in school. Yeah. The, uh, the first film was about their first holiday. In Ibiza. Yeah, was it Ibiza? I think it was Ibiza. Yeah. All right, well. M- well or some version of Ibiza. Yeah. Um, the, the second film is more of the same, but it isn't. In the sense that there is a progression of the story. But the backbone of the adventure is revolving around yet another holiday. Yeah. Um, so. Because uh, them at home doesn't have any impetus to do anything, really. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the, the first film ended with all four of them hooking up and getting girlfriends. Um, at the beginning of the second film, all of those girls have broken up with them. <laughs> Except for Simon. <coughs> And who desperately wants to break up with her. Right. Because she's just turned into a total fucking psycho. It's like, like Carly, is it? Um, no, like, uh, Simon is the, like, the good looking, the, the nervy good looking yeah. guy, and he hooked up with this girl, Lucy, in the first one, and he wants to fucking break up with her because she's turned into a fucking psycho. She, like, she, like, it's send, like she sends, sends him videos of her, like, you know, cutting up his hoodies and shit. You know, it's, it's really bizarre. <laughs> it's really bizarre. And, um, you know, like, and Will and Simon are now in university. Uh, Neil is working at a bank and Jay is doing a gap year in Australia. So, guess where they go? <laughs> no, I mean, no, the, the, mo- the movie opens with them going, getting rejected from a party because, uh, Simon and Neil have gone to visit Will in Bristol. And, uh, uh Simon's, uh, and Will has been telling them how he's got these new friends and they've invited him to a party and they, it's a fancy dress party. So they all go dressed as, um, Harry Potter characters. Will goes as Harry Potter, Simon goes as uh, Ron, and Neil goes as Hermione. <laughs> and they go there and they're like, I told you these fucks would buy it. It wasn't a fancy dress. They all get kicked out. And essentially... Will still will. Yeah, they're all still the same. They're all still fucking clueless and they're all still exactly the same. But they're older and they're trying to get on with their lives. And um, while they're lamenting about their current existence, uh, Neil gets a, a, an, email, an, e- an email from Jay. And he reads out Jay's email, and Jay's email is all about... Come to Australia, visit the clunch. Yeah, I mean, but... 
as Neil starts to read the, the J uh, email, it goes into this amazing um, one-take shot, or you think it's a one-take shot. It's made to look like a one-take shot of Jay narrating the, reading the email himself and just acting out everything that's happening. And it's genius. And is most of it like a bare-faced fucking lie? Uh, all of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's Jay. Yeah, because it's Jay. But that, that sequence is just genius. Um, it's like... You know, it's, it's like if Scorsese directed a raunchy teen flick type, yeah. type of sequence. It's right out of Goodfellas. And it, it's funny as fuck. It reminds you of all the reasons you love the series. It reminds you of all the reasons you love these disgusting kids. Yeah. And so they go to Australia and they, they discover that he's not at all, it's not at all what it is. Of course not. And then it turns into its own adventure. And that is essentially the plot. Mm. Um, that it's just same as part one, but they're going to Australia. Um, and and beyond that, I mean, there's I, I don't want to say too much because like that is really the story. But what is very what is very cool about it is that this time, compared to the first one, there's a lot more depth. There's a to lot the in betweeners. <laughs> no, no, I mean in the sense that you, you have it's it, it it really is a movie about four people who are essentially losers and really really coming to terms with the fact that they're losers. Ah. Um, and they're not fighting anymore. They're not fighting anymore. There's, you know, I mean, there's this bit towards towards the end where they, they where they're, where they're in the outback. I mean, the whole thing is essentially, you know, um, yeah. Well, that, that's a spoiler, so I can't mention that. Yeah. You know, but they're in the outback, and there's this moment of truth between all four of them. And it, I was, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't choked up or anything, but it was genuine. Yeah. It was genuine, and coming from a show like that, coming that's... from a show like that. It has no right to be anywhere near as as um, poignant as that moment is. Yeah. You know, so when I say it's got a lot of depth, I don't mean that it turns into a drama. It is still gross as shit. These guys have not changed. Yeah. But it's that realization of, of it's that point in your life where you're in your early twenties where you realize, fuck, I can't be this way forever. Yeah. And there's so many things I haven't done, there's so many things I want to do. And it actually takes a little bit of time, not much time. But it takes a little bit of time to address that, and the whole sort of uh, and the whole all of the all of the things that you think are going to happen happen, but the end result is not what you think it's going it's going to be. Cool. Um, and I was quite impressed by that. I mean, it still has amazingly disgusting lines. Yeah. You, Neil is still a fucking idiot. Yeah. You know, Jay is still a horrible, horrible yeah. example of humanity. Yeah. You know, it's like Neil's, you know, Neil is still saying th- things like, you oh, I got this amazing new app called Grindr and immediately found loads of new friends. You know, it's just stupid shit like that. <laughs> Will has a great line. You know, it's like, meanwhile, I was still chasing a girl. I'd recently fingered to sleep. You know, <laughs> just, oh God. You know, and there's this one bit that reminded me of a certain friend of ours. Uh, uh, where, where it's like, well, Will has got his narration, where it's like, yeah, I was having an amazing time, everyone was this, and luckily everyone felt the exact same thing, exact same way as I did, which is immediately followed by, by Jay saying, why is there always some cunt with a guitar? <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, uh, and there, there's this bit where they're sort of like in the outback and they're going a little nuts, and they, you know, and they think they see something, and Will, and Will says to Neil, you know, so that's a mirage, and then Neil says, you know, if I, if I was seeing things, I'd be seeing something cool, like Optimus Prime banging Katy Perry. <laughs> and it's just things like that that made you love them in the first place. Made them love him in the first place, you know, and it, and it's, and it's, I mean, uh, it's not gonna change the world by any means. No. But if you enjoyed the series, if you enjoyed the first film, 
they do not let the standard drop in the second quarter. Wow. Do you think there's enough mileage in it for a third? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, is it? No. Absolutely not. You know, I mean, they could probably do it, and I'd still watch it. But they, if they went, and if, if the only way a third film can work is if they make it about real life and not about another fucking holiday. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't you can't get away with this a second But this time. is the this is the, the standard trope for UK TV shows to become movies is you send them on holiday. No, I understand that, but I think we've gotten to know these characters well enough yeah. that you know, thankfully none of these none of these movies go over 90 minutes. Yeah. You know, and and I think okay, if you if you if you if you treat them like travel travel buddies if if you can handle if you can handle traveling with someone, chances are you can handle hanging out with them in the city. Yeah. And for me, if they were ever going to do a third, I would like to see them handle everyday life mm. because they're finally like they're at that point now where it's like if there is a third one, they'd be working. Yeah. And I'd like to see that movie. Yeah. You know, even if it's shit jobs, even if they're like you know you, you know Neil's going to be fucking flipping burgers, flipping burgers or some shit. Actually, Jay's going to be flipping burgers. Probably, you know, um, whatever it is, as long I'd be up for a third one as long as they change the formula. Yeah. If they do a third one where they go on another fucking holiday, I'm not. Well, the next one be the U.S. Even then, I mean, yeah. it could be funny. Yeah. But what you know, I think you're lucky to get away with it twice. Yeah, very lucky. I mean, I'm surprised they did it again because the first one was insane. Like I remember hearing, like they were throwing big budget movies out of the cinema to free up more. Yeah. Cinema screens yeah. to show the Inbetweeners yeah. one. Yeah, and the Inbetweeners two, from from what I understand, at least as far as British cinema is concerned, has cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, and it deserves to. I mean, and it's a cheap budget. The TV stars. Yeah, I mean, it, it deserves to clean up if they. Is can the headmaster in it at all? Yes. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> the moment and dad's in it. Yes. Yes. No, all of your favorites. All are of in them. It, yes, are in it. And the headmaster. Genius. 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 Just imagine the most disturbing thing for Will. I've mentioned this before, but again, if you look, this is something for anyone to watch before they see the movie. Have you seen the where they got the actors to do after comic relief? Comic relief. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. The tour. Yeah, of, they, yeah, yeah, they did yeah. a tour of uh, the UK where they had to stop off and put a sticker on all the rude name plays, like Knob yeah. End or something like that. And there's so many. Yeah. Well, there was twenty. There was twenty-eight or thirty that in, in England itself, but there was one that was made up and they didn't tell Simon. Everyone else knew, but he did not know. So they're looking for like. Hit Street or something like that. <laughs> and he, did, he was freaking out because like, we gotta find this to make the money! And the other guy's like... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, these guys are blessed with amazing chemistry. Yeah. And they work so well together. And even watching the comic relief thing, even yeah. as themselves, they're, it's, they're them. They're them. They're funny. You know, so... Uh, I mean, yeah, if you don't like gross-out humor, then you won't like it. It's a bit like, it's a bit like a, an, an English-American pie, but so much better. Yeah. Although I really liked the American Pie, I mean, I, I the first one. I actually like all four of them for different really? reasons. For oh, different there's reasons. There's four of them. There's four of them. I thought there was only three. American Pie, American Pie Two, American Wedding, and American Reunion. You know, I mean, I like all four of them for different reasons. Of course, that just makes me feel old. The first one is the best, mm. but I agree with you that the Inbetweeners, Matt, because the American Pie movies always tried to be about something. Mm. You know, they're, it always it was always about like that Thomas Ian Nicholas character. It would always be about the next step, and American American cinema always needs to spell out what they're trying to tell you. Yeah. Whereas the Inbetweeners never tries to do that. It it tells a story and it ends up being about something. And if you if you if you get that, you get that. But one thing I will say, my favorite new character of the Inbetweeners is Jay's Australian uncle. It's fucking genius. <laughs> 
He's imagine imagine the serial killer from Wolf Creek as a comedy character. Nice. And there's this bit. I mean, I cannot remember the exact line, but it's something along the lines of where he's talking shit about Jay. You know, standing there all soft and soppy like one like one of those mutant fucks from X Men, Professor Lawnfucker, whatever his name is. <laughs> and it's just it cracked me up. Hmm. Cracked me up. I mean, I'll watch it, it as it, soon it, as it I finish the series. It portrays Australians in a very bad light. In a very British mindset. Yeah. Which is kind of true. <laughs> so, you know, I had a good laugh with it. I had, I had a good time. Cool. I'll watch it once I finish the first movie and we finish the remaining episodes of the series if you haven't seen yet because I disconnected my DVD player. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it's awful. To finish up our reviews for this week, we've got the big young adult book to movie adaptation. The Maze Runner. The Maze Runner. So, is this it like, is... Is it like The Kite Runner? No. Definitely not like The Kite Runner. I will give kudos to this book for... Uh, this film for starting you with the main character. So, the movie literally starts in the lift where a guy wakes up. You don't know what's going on. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, so, essentially, what's happening is there's this glade. It's in the middle of a maze. Once a month, the lift comes up with some supplies. Not enough, but some. And a kid. And this has been going on for three years. Mm-hmm. And they're trapped in, this mid- in the middle of this maze. Mm-hmm. Now, this first, this new guy, Dylan O'Brien, who apparently plays Styles in the Teen Wolf TV show, which I haven't watched at all, but I heard news that they kept the name Styles because Styles is the cool guy in yeah, Teen Wolf yeah, movies, yeah. baby. Um, so basically, it's all boys as well on this glade. So it's a little bit lost. There's a maze. I don't know what the fuck's going on out there. Uh, there's certain he has to find out these certain rules. He's obviously the more you know, he's the fucking chosen one. So obviously, he's got to be more inquisitive about it. Everyone else is like, no, we're just gonna stay here because they know what's going on in the maze, whereas he doesn't know. Only the runners go in the maze. Right. They trying to fi- they're trying to find a way out. Every night the maze changes, so it's not the same the day you go in. Right. Every night when the, the maze closes before it changes, so if you're trapped out there, you're stuck for the night. There's noises out there during the night. They just call them grievers. They don't know what they are. No one has ever survived a night in the maze. So far, very M. Night. Yes. It's like the village. Yeah. (laughs) But not. Yeah. So, he comes into this and starts upsetting apple carts all over the place. He starts pissing off uh, Lee Poulter, or Poulter? Will Poulter, who, if you remember from Son of Rambo, was Lee Carter! I'm alright, Lee Carter! Um, The rest of the, the cast, I don't recognize any of them, apart from him. Um, there's multiple, you know, there's multiple groups. They all tr- oh, the other, the other kid is Thomas Brody Sangster, who was, uh, the cute kid from, from uh, Love Actually. That was yeah. in Game of Thrones as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who was also originally supposed to play Tintin. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was originally cast as Tintin before Jamie, uh, Bell. Jamie Bell. I was gonna say Jamie Oliver. Hmm. Uh, and, um, had to give it up due Puck to. Puck Tintin. Yeah. Due to, uh, due to, uh, scheduling problems. problems. Good. So, again, very much like The Signal, this had me going for quite a long way. Like, once you find out what the Grievers are, it starts setting in your mind what's going on mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, it's well shot. Uh, the maze itself looks cool. The You know, once you see a bit more of it, you start realizing it's very much man-made. It's not like we're not on a, a planet or an alien world or inside a bubble on a, you know, a giant robot or some weird shit like that. Um, things get a bit weird with the turn-up of uh, Teresa, a girl. And she's got a note in her hand that says, this is the last one. Right. So there's, I mean, they, 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 they've been surviving off the supplies, but also off growing their own shit. So, but they're not ready to support themselves. So that adds a time factor to things. Um, Will Poulter's character wants to just stay there, stop upsetting things. Whereas uh, Dylan O'Brien's character, Thomas, he keeps knocking over apple carts, like I said. 
Um, eventually you find out what's going on with the maze and everything else in a horribly complicated way considering when you find out what the maze is for that this is not the ideal solution to it and then it takes a hard turn into we are setting up a franchise ah fuck like so the last 20 fucking minutes is all get ready for the maze runner 2 bigger maze has, has it opened yet? yeah yeah it opened last weekend how's it doing? I don't know, but it opened... No, has, it, has it opened in the States yet? No. Everywhere in the world, uh, maybe in the States, but not the UK. UK is like October. That's why our review's not live yet. Um, but, um, <laughs> no, Malaysia got this movie first. Now, this this is not like first out of a few places. First in the entire world. I think us in Singapore got it first on IMDb. Mm. We're the first release points, I think, uh, on Croatia. So, that gives you a sign what they think of it. And for that, the amount of... Like, the first, everyone wants to be the Twilight and the Hunger Games. The first Twilight, before all the craziness went on, it was a story. Yeah. Uh, the Hunger Games itself, I had to rewatch a bit of the ending of it, but it had an ending, the yeah. first one. Yeah. This one is very much like, right, you've made it to a certain spot, here are some talking heads are going to tell you what's going on, here's going to be a twist about someone you've just been introduced to, which makes no fucking point, like you could have done it the second one or whatever, because it would have made more sense, because you've literally just been introduced to this character, and then you got a twist about them. And after that, we're going to have some setup for the next movie. Literally, just set up for the next movie with the with the main cast that you've been following all the way through, just staring at stuff for a while because they don't know what's going on, and all the agency they've had in the beginning of the movie is gone. And I just I felt like <clears throat> again, like very much very similar to Signal in that they just stuffed the landing completely. That's a shame. It was a shame because I mean, maybe if it does well, that might be good. If you see, like it's literally. It's like if the first half of Iron Man 2 was, well, not even Iron Man 2. I'm trying to fucking think what would be, like, you know, the way to do it. I mean, it's just, there's a moment they should end it. Yeah. And it would have been, it would have been cooler to leave it on a cliffhanger. Yeah. But, like, 1986's Biggles did. But, never got a sequel, but it's good. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. Um, but, they just left a really bad taste in my mouth because of that. Mm-hmm. And again, all that mystery went nowhere. You know, if you, all this bullshit that, you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams had with the mystery box, it's got to be a good fucking mystery in the middle of it. Otherwise, it's a sh- shit, new- shit kernel at the bottom of your chewy chocolate center. Right. And that will leave a bad taste in your mouth despite all the good stuff you've done before that. Right. So, it shot well, looks well. Some of the weird, some of the Griever shots are weird looking, but that's just speed, I think it is, and IMAX. But, um, oh, you yeah, I, IMAX? Yeah, they showed an IMAX, not 3D IMAX. Right, 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 right. Hello. Hello. Podcasting. It's <laughs> no problem. It's no problem. <laughs> just let you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, the ending really let me down, and I just felt like after that, I'm not going to remember it in three months' time. Yeah. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. So Hunger Games will hold on to its crown for a bit longer. Okay. Finishing off the shows we like to do, we shall have the US and Malaysian box office top 10. Starting in Malaysia. Number 10, Ribbit. That's the local frog movie, right? Yeah, with Sean Aston. Sean Aston's in it? Sean Aston's, uh, I think, the lead voice. Wow. Yeah. At number nine, The Purge Anarchy, which I hear is pretty good. Yep. Number eight, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh. Number seven, The Box Trolls. Yeah, I realized I wasn't on the press screening for that because I've dropped off the UIP list. Right. <laughs> Accidentally. Uh, I've heard that's really good. I've heard it's really good, too. But all from pre-release was... stuff, not from actual release stuff. Have you seen release stuff? No. Oh. Number six, As Above, So Below. Paris Catacombs movie. Again, hear good things. Mm-hmm. Number five, Lucy. Did you see that yet? Uh, not yet. Oh, yeah. Number four, Planes, Fire and Rescue. I watched the first Planes while I was in Singapore. Dear God, that movie asks more questions than it answers. 
Number three, Legenda Budak Setan Tiga, Kasia. They're still making this fucking shit. Okay. Number two, Cafe Waiting Love. And then number one, The Maze Runner. See, it's doing well here. Yeah. Over in the U.S. at number ten, we've got The Hundred Foot Journey. Number nine, The Giver. Which is else another young adult book that just died in its ass, right? Yeah, sounds like porn. Number eight, The November Man. Number seven, If I Stay. Number six, The Drop. Number five, Let's Be Cops. Number four, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy is making a ridiculous amount of money. It is. It is officially the highest grossing film of the year. Of the year. Yeah. Uh, number two, Dolphin Tale 2. What? Yeah. Number one, No Good Deed. Yep. We'll leave you there for this week's show, and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Good night. Bye.